the Maryland Baseball Network Podcast. Here are your hosts, Matt Levine and Ben Curtis. Welcome inside the Maryland Baseball Network Podcast. Really excited to get going once again as we are only weeks away from the start of the 2022 Terps baseball season. He's Matt Levine. I'm Ben Curtis. Thanks so much for spending some time hanging out with us as we talk all things Terps baseball. A little later on, we will have an interview with Bubba Ali, one of the leaders on the Maryland baseball team. Really good stuff. Got to talk with Bubba about a whole bunch. But Matt, first off, we're going to break down the schedule. It is coming up real, real quick and expectations really high for this Maryland team this year. Yeah, Ben, it's crazy to think two weeks from now, it's opening day. And we're, we're in February right now. It's 60 degrees outside and raining here in College Park, which is shocking because tomorrow it's supposed to be 30 degrees. So that's the weather, I guess, we get in this area of the country, in, especially in these early months. But, I mean, this year we're really getting a quote-unquote normal season, I guess, getting back to that, uh, a full schedule, midweek games. Who knows what we might see in those Tuesday, Wednesday night games at the Bob. Those are always interesting, but we're excited to, to be able to have these full seasons now and start to get back to the normalcy and be traveling, uh, for with, I guess, for the full season this season. Yeah, that is definitely news that we were unable to do that last year for obvious reasons, but Maryland Baseball Network will be back on the road covering home and away games in 2022. Really excited. Hope you can join us on the air for that. And hopefully it's not going to be 30 degrees in Waco, Texas, two weeks from today when we're recording because that's where Maryland starts off their 2022 season. That's a tough test right out of the gate at Baylor out of the Big 12 for three straight. Yeah, I mean, I think Rob Vaughn has built this program and this schedule to be the best and I guess a national power as well. Uh, it's very similar to the way that Brenda Fries of the Maryland women's basketball team has built her schedule. You play the top teams, you're going to build yourself for March Madness. So Rob Vaughn and his staff are looking at this. If you play the top teams who are in the tournament every year, you're going to be battle tested. You're going to have those early season uh, things to shake out and see where you're really, where you're really at come April, May. And, and then hopefully into June, that's the goal for every college baseball team to, to get to a regional. And I think this team is very capable of doing that. Once again, uh, just picked to finish second in the big 10 by D one baseball and, they're getting a lot of praise individually as, as different players are, are getting put in the top 10 list for, for their position. And then just as a whole, uh, the whole team really getting a lot of praise. So I think other teams probably look at Maryland and say, that's a team that we want to face early on in the season. But when you face a, a big 12 team like Baylor, they've got really good, talented players. Um, it's, it's going to be a good, a good series to open up the year. And I think that's how you, you start it. You got, you can't, kind of ease your way in you have to go right from the the start of the season and and play those top teams yeah it is going to be right from the word go a really tough test but a really good early test remember john tillman the maryland men's lacrosse coach a couple years ago talking about iron sharpening iron that's really going to help this maryland baseball team when they head into big 10 play talk a little bit with bubba aline about the midweeks they're going to be back again in 2022 after last year was the conference only schedule so after the series at Baylor, they return home. Season home opener will be February 22nd. It's a Tuesday at four o'clock against UMBC. For those who might not be as familiar, there's midweek games, even during the conference schedule against the fairly local opponents, really good opportunity to get a look at some guys in the rest of your pitching rotation who might not get the chance to pitch on the weekend, really test your depth as you head throughout the season. 
Yeah, so the midweek games against UMBC, you mentioned teams close by. So VCU, they play a back-to-back. Georgetown, Delaware, they play twice. Uh, going down Towson, George Mason, Navy. So you're getting those in James Madison, which they have one of the best players in the sport and Chase DeLauder. But you're talking about local ta- uh, local teams, and that's what it was in 2019 and even the early parts of 2020. But I think that adding those midweek games in is – it's going to be so different because you're talking about three classes of, of players that have never had a full season of college baseball. Obviously the freshmen, the sophomores who played last year, only played a big 10 schedule. And then the juniors had their freshman year cut short in 2020. Their sophomore season last year was only big 10. So guys are, especially pitchers really going to have to work on that rest and, and work out and just get stronger and build that endurance. And, that's what Bob Aline was talking about later on when we have that interview with him. Just the not really a, a different approach to baseball, but a different approach off the field kind of. You don't have that full week to recover to play the weekend series. You have those one or two midweek games where you're playing another nine or more innings in the freezing cold, especially in February and March. At night, you go to class all day, then you play a game. It's such a different mentality, I think, more so off the field, getting your body in the right shape and and endurance. I mean, baseball is a sport to be played every day. So if you want to play at the next level, this is it. And this prepares players for that, but it's just a different adjustment because they haven't done it in two years. And some of those midweek games have a little bit more juice to them too, especially with the local rivalries. A lot of guys played high school ball and travel ball against each other and together. There's a lot of familiarity there. Usually after the game against UMBC in the home opener, head down to North Carolina to take on Campbell. That's not necessarily a name that will jump off the page to the casual fans, but they finished 37th at the RPI last season. So two really good early season tests. Yeah. I mean, they're a team that Maryland is familiar with played them before. Um, But again, another tournament team, another tournament caliber team. They have a really good shortstop in Zach Neto, uh, another one of the best players in the sport of college baseball. But again, this, this schedule just has, talent up and down the board top 50 in the rpi you're talking we'll get to it but east carolina who maryland faced in the regional final last season vcu we mentioned campbell dallas baptist for the spring break trip we'll get to that and then baylor as well so that's several teams that finished in the top 50 last season and that's how you build a winning culture and a winning program you have to go beat the top teams if you want to make that run late in the season Another home midweek game on the 1st of March against Delaware. That's a 4 o'clock Eastern time. And the next road trip is down to Greenville, North Carolina. Take on East Carolina as well as Indiana State and Michigan. It'll be unique for Maryland to take on a Big Ten team during the non-conference slate, just the way it worked out down there in North Carolina. But it'll be a good opportunity to get the first look at the Wolverines. The Terps will play Michigan at home for a more normal three-game series in May. But Terps and Wolverines going to be two of the top teams in the Big Ten. So it's going to be an interesting first look at the Big Ten, I suppose, before Maryland doesn't play their next Big Ten game for another month. I think that weekend is going to say a lot about this team. And that's still so early in the season. That's the third weekend of the series of, of the season. And you got a, a team like Michigan and a team like ECU, where last year, if you remember, Maryland and Michigan got into it a little bit in those games, you know, extra inning games. That was, those were late in the season that kind of determined who was going to make that push towards the, the regional. And it ended up being the Terps that did it. And Michigan, uh, they made the tournament as well, but they fell short. So uh, I think you're talking about 
East Carolina as well in the regional final last year at ECU. You get to go back there. Their fans are absolutely electric. They have almost 5,000 or more fans every game, even regular season. And when I was lucky enough to go down there for the regional, we were talking like they tailgate for baseball games like other Big Ten schools do for football games. It was an absolute just mob. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen for college baseball. So I think that atmosphere, um, since they have played in it already, there's going to be some extra juice to go out there and kind of get redemption or revenge. And then we talked to Sean Hine at Media Day, a Maryland senior pitcher, one of the leaders this season. And we asked him, what are you most excited for on the schedule? You know, thinking maybe a Dallas Baptist or a Baylor. He said, no, I want Michigan at home. I think that series is going to be the best. So they get them early on in the year. And if Hine goes on the mound on Friday out of the bullpen against Michigan, who knows what could happen. So he's, he's juiced up for that one. That's going to be a whole lot of fun, that series at the end of May. And that first look against the Wolverines on the 4th of March. I'll have that one for you on Maryland Baseball Network, as we will every game. It's so good to be able to say we'll be doing road games again this year. Big thanks to the Maryland Baseball staff. We know it's still a little bit uh, unusual out there, but a huge thanks to them for coordinating with us and letting us be able to do that again. As we head back to the schedule, back-to-back midweek games against VCU on Tuesday and Wednesday, and that week of March the 4th through March the 13th, that's a Friday, into the next Sunday, is going to be loaded. You have the series in North Carolina, you have two midweeks, and then you've got another three games the following weekend, Friday against Georgetown, Saturday against Cornell, and then Sunday at Georgetown. It's just so interesting to look at that part of the schedule because you're not playing three games against a, a specific team. It's three separate teams at ECU you're facing, then back-to-back against VCU, that's only two games. Then you get Georgetown, Cornell, Georgetown, like you mentioned. So that's that's just like almost tournament-style baseball, one game or two games, and that's it against one team. So that's where you'll really kind of get some good reps, but it's going to be some things thrown at you that you might not have seen or you might not – be able to adjust as well as you would if it's the third game of a weekend series so I think that part of the schedule you mentioned it's loaded there's almost a game every day pretty much so I mean that that's baseball we we love that to see that that grind that they're going to have early in March too that's going to really I mean there's going to be guys that are that are tired and and their legs are tired but that's going to prepare them to go into the Big Ten gauntlet it's worth noting by the way March 13th that Sunday the Terps play at Georgetown but Georgetown actually plays their home baseball games in the state of Maryland at Shirley Povich Field and Bethesda, where the Bethesda Big Train play over summer ball. So we may see a good amount of of Terps fans at at Shirley Povich Field for what will be technically a road game. Uh, That should be a fun one against the local rival in the Hoyas. Another midweek game at Delaware on the 15th of March, and then a home series finally uh, from March the 19th to the 20th, uh, a doubleheader on Saturday the 19th against Siena. And that will be one of the first opportunities for Maryland to play a full series at home. In fact, it will be their first full series at home. It doesn't come until late March. And it's weird because right now it's scheduled for a Saturday doubleheader and then a Sunday game. So it's even not a traditional Friday, Saturday, Sunday home series. But I mean, doubleheaders were in in the conversation last season. I'm not sure if they're doing seven inning doubleheaders still or if they're going back to nine innings. But uh, last season, the seven inning doubleheaders, those are just, I mean, you coach the game so differently with that. The, the pitching is different. The way you attack offensively is different um, when you lose those, those extra innings towards the end. 
it's just when you shorten the game of baseball, I, I'm a big traditional guy. I think it's it's just so weird how you attack it after that. So we'll see how they go back to that. But uh, yeah, I think it's uh, just traditional or non-traditional to have a doubleheader and then a Sunday game as your first home series. And it doesn't come until mid-March as well. But that's the part of the country that College Park is in. You're, you're probably being on the road for most of the early parts of the season due to weather. Yeah, we certainly know how cold it can get at the Bob in February and March, especially in, uh, like we were talking about in the open, the weather in Maryland. If you try to predict it, you're just you're asking to be incorrect. Uh, the 22nd of March, UMBC will uh, host the Terps, actually. Maryland will hit the road to Baltimore. And then the last real non-conference series on the weekend before the Terps head into Big Ten play is going to be a big one at Dallas Baptist for the spring break trip. That is going to be a huge, huge weekend. Dallas Baptist finished number 41 in the RPI last season, last season, another top 50 RPI opponent. It's going to be a really big test for Maryland and a real chance to see where they measure up against the rest of the country before they hit conference play. Yeah, DBU went to a, a super regional last season, came up just short of the College World Series. That's the next step for Maryland to make. You go to a regional and you get back to the super regional and then eventually to Omaha. So that's a team you want to face. Um, I remember a couple of years ago when Zach Solon was on the road with the team in 2019 during the spring break trip, it was at TCU. So Rob Vaughn going back to his home state again, facing another Texas school. Uh, hopefully this time though, it'll be actually played because they never ended up playing TCU. The season was shut down when they flew there. So hopefully everything goes the way it's supposed to and very excited to go to Dallas Baptist because uh, they posted something on social media a couple of weeks ago. They have one of the nicest facilities probably in the country. It was like a drone shot. If, if you guys haven't seen it, definitely go watch it. But they took like a drone all over the field, through the clubhouse, batting cages. It was tremendous. And uh, then Tuesday at back at home against Towson, Wednesday at George Mason. And then you head into Big Ten play, and we won't go through the entire Big Ten schedule week by week. The opponents are a little bit more familiar to, to more – even casual Terps baseball fans throughout the Big Ten. But a couple of interesting notes, two of the other top teams in the Big Ten, Nebraska and Indiana, they're not on the docket in the regular season, Matt. They're, all three of them are going to have to figure it out in the schedule and the standings by beating up on the teams that they should. Yeah, I think this is where you get that mix of the resume might not be as strong if you don't have wins over those top teams, but if you do beat the teams you're supposed to, you're going to have a lot of wins. So that's where you kind of get that mix, but I think avoiding those teams, that's where the non-conference schedule, that's why it's so strong this year. I mean, Nebraska won the Big Ten last year, and they're right now projected to win it again. But they had a very tough draw in the tournament. They had Arkansas in their regional. So that is just – that's brutal. Um, Arkansas ended up losing anyway after that. But NC State went to the College World Series instead of the Razorbacks. So – Anything can happen come tournament time, but I think avoiding those teams will will help them uh, get more wins on their on their record. But th that non-conference schedule, I think, is built strong enough where that resume is going to kind of even out a little bit. Wouldn't be too surprised if the Terps run into either the Huskers or the Hoosiers in Omaha, though, at the end of May in the Big Ten tournament. There are going to be some tough tests in the conference play, though. We talked about that Michigan series. That is going to be really maybe one of the last chances for Maryland to make their statement before they head into conference tournament play. It's their final home series of the season. We should also note the final home regular season game of the year will be May 17th. That's a Tuesday at 630 against James Madison. 
it is a schedule where there are certainly going to be a lot of tough tests. But as you mentioned, Matt, the non-conference schedule is going to be as crucial as ever this year. Yeah, I think it's important to, and we keep saying it, but I think it's important to schedule those solid teams. We mentioned all the teams in the top 50 in RPI last season. And it's, it's a sport where it doesn't really change that much. Uh, the teams that are good usually stay solid as programs. So we're expecting much of the same from those top teams that we saw last year to then face Maryland this year. And I think it's a different mentality we mentioned with the midweeks and the non-conference schedule. But I think that's that's how baseball should be played. Um, I mean, going up against Big Ten teams every every week, it's it's definitely weird. Um, and it's a, it's not a traditional season, but to go out of conference and face talent from other parts of the country where they recruit other parts of the country as well. I think that's just so healthy for the sport and it's really going to build a, a solid resume for Maryland come postseason time. And helping to try to build that resume is Maryland center fielder Bubba Aline. We had the chance to sit down and chat with him a little while ago. Let's hear what Bubba had to say. So now we're joined by Bubba Aline, center fielder for the Terrapins, coming back for his fifth season. Bubba, we'll start, I guess, with last year a little bit. Um, you guys get to a regional and obviously just a weird season as a whole Big Ten play only. Uh, pretty much a delayed season too, a shortened season. What was it like yeah. the feeling when you guys start to put it all together, kind of 500 in the middle of the season, but then you put it all together and you get to the postseason? What was that feeling like? Um, I know we were all really excited as a group. There was a bunch of the seniors have been here for a long time, never really accomplished anything. So I feel like it was like a, a kind of sense of accomplishment for us. And then kind of sense of direction for the for the younger kids too, as like as a standard, this is what we need to do. This is what the feeling needs to be from the from the beginning of the season. Um, so it was kind of just like a moment where everything's clicked for all of us. Um, and I know the coaches were happy to see it, and I, I definitely was too. And you get hit in the in the, the face with a foul ball in your first at bat of the regional, um, and that's obviously your senior season. At the time, you probably thought that could have been it. You didn't get to come back for that weekend. How did you kind of wrap your head around that at the time? Um, it was obviously very disappointing uh, ending to the season for me personally. Um, but it was pretty cool to get to see the guys play after that. Kind of just like watch from the from the uh, from the dugout because I didn't really have that perspective for much of the season. So it was kind of cool to see everyone else go out and be to play and kind of enjoy the atmosphere of being at ECU with the fans and stuff like that. Um, so as much as it sucked for me to not be able to play, it was still cool to be able to watch the guys go out and play. Obviously, wish it was a different result, but um, still cool experience for me to be there. And, you know, Bubba, you talked a little about the expectations you're setting for the younger guys and, you know, being the regional, getting to the standard of going to the postseason. From your time in College Park when you got here to now, what does it mean to get to the regional last year and the strides moving forward? Um, I mean, that's everything. That's what you come here to do. Obviously, the regional is not the end goal, um, but you come here to kind of make a difference. And Vaughn always talks about um, doing things better than it's ever been done before. And that's something that um, he preaches constantly. And that's something we feel like we, we kind of failed at doing as a senior group. So being able to get to the regional and kind of setting that as a standard for the, for the group behind us and like just, I'm still here, but the group like kept following us uh, is really important to us. And I know that's just kind of continuing this standard and um, trying to progress the program. So now you're coming back for year five in the program. What was that process like for you to, I guess when you realized that was the right decision and then how you kind of told all the coaches and your teammates as well? 
Um, so I was in uh, communication with Vaughn throughout the whole um, process and happy O2. Um, and it was pretty much an easy decision. After the draft, I knew I didn't want to go anywhere else if I was going to come back and play college baseball. Um, this is the place like, I always wanted to be. So I mean, it's just a phone call and a, and a text message. Hey, like, this is where I want to be. I think this team can do something special. Um, and he was obviously really happy to hear that. And then I like, told the guys, and they were all excited to have me back. So um, it was pretty like pretty short process, but uh, it was exciting for both parties, I think. And you're moving numbers this year over to the number three. And you think about the people who have worn the Maryland number three in the past, guys like Anthony Papio, Randy Bednar. What does that mean to you to have that jersey number now? Um, it's definitely a great honor um, to follow, try and follow in the footsteps of guys like that. I know like Zach Jankarski wore it after Pap. And he was my roommate freshman year, so I kind of like looked up to him and kind of saw the way that he did things. And then obviously having Randy wear it last year, um, who else? He just leads by example. He's just a class guy, class act. So um, just trying to continue the legacy of the number um, and kind of live up to that. It's got some responsibilities with it, but also it's just like it's a real good honor, um, and I'm excited to wear it. And during media day last week or earlier this week, uh, Coach Vaughn, described you as the best center fielder in college baseball. I don't know if he's told you that yet, but he said that to us. And and one of the reasons he used was that you're you're a fearless player. Is that one of the words that you would describe yourself as an athlete and a player? Yeah, I would definitely say fearless. Um, just in a way that, I mean, obviously you get, give your body up to get the ball. Like, yeah, you have one of your pitchers out there, they're working their butt off. You're not just going to just let a ball drop near you. You've got to do everything you can to get the ball um, and catch it and just, and just try and limit as many runs as possible. Um, and if that means running to the wall, diving for balls, whatever that is, um, that's what that's what you got to do. And that's just part of the standard of our outfield group this year, which you'll see a lot of. Uh, but something we've worked on a lot is because like in the outfield, you can save a lot of runs just by cutting balls off, being aggressive, not just being afraid, not afraid to fail. So um, I think that's something that, I really pride myself in and something that you'll see the other guys uh, also start to take part in too. You know, this will at least hopefully be the first normal season, if you want to call it that, since 2019 for you guys with the shutdown in 2020 and then last year with the altered schedule. How, yeah. if at all, has your preparation changed knowing you're going to have that normal midweek and then every weekend grind? Um, from a preparation standpoint, I think baseball stays the same. I think it's the way we handle our business off the field in the treatment room, like, in the weight room, like how we're, how we're maintaining our bodies, how we're eating. I think that stuff will start to come into play more than anything of preparation for baseball wise. So I think on maybe you have to take care of business. Um, obviously there's a lot of games, like we play Tuesday, Wednesday, and then you go Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that's a lot of games in one week. And the biggest thing is just to make sure you're healthy, like your body's feeling good. Cause it's, it's, it's so hard to play when you're exhausted and tired from either the midweeks or the weekend before. So I think just making sure that young guys are just getting in the train, training room, uh, eating right, like maintaining their body well, and I think everything else should take care of itself. And with those, I guess, weird seasons, non-traditional seasons, pretty much only the seniors and fifth-year players have had that normal year, normal college baseball season. Guys like Orion Ramsey or the entire pitching staff, they've never had a full college baseball season, even Matt Shaw. Um, so what, what are guys like you and, and Maxwell Costas and the other older veterans telling them about you know, this is a full grind kind of thing. Um, kind of similar to like what I just told you, just kind of, they just need a, a kind of a routine to like get in the, in the, to get things going. Um, obviously there's a different routine when there's no midweek, you kind of have the whole week to recover. 
Um, so it, it looks it looks different for everyone. Like some days, like Mondays are off days, or some days maybe you'll be in the training room like for a couple hours on Monday when before you could just go on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday and get ready for the weekend. But maybe that that Monday is going to be huge because we have a game on Tuesday. So um, it's just finding different routines, helping guys find their own. Everyone's different. Um, but just kind of guiding them through that process um, is kind of our, our role as older guys and people who have been through it before. And, you know, Bubba, expectations for this team are probably as high as they've been since you've gotten to College Park. As one of the leaders of this ball club, how have you been managing the expectations to the group, knowing you're no longer really under the radar in the Big Ten? Um, I mean, obviously there's expectations that's kind of kind of set from an outside perspective. I mean, we just go to work every single day and and put our work in and then and we can live with the results after that. I mean, we work our butts off every day. Um, obviously, we want to meet those expectations and exceed those. Um, and we have a standard here. So we just meet our standard and then the expectations and stuff like that. Our play will take care of the rest. Um, being really like outside um, kind of expectations or the or the uh, articles or whatever the predictions kind of get in our way. Um, we kind of just do our thing here, prepare the way we're supposed to prepare and work our butts off and then everything else. Uh, the results will take care of themselves. And then just the outfield a little bit. Guys like Troy Schreffler have taken a big jump since he's a freshman. And Bobby's Marzak, his bat has been there, but the fielding really not so much. He's been more of a DH. He hasn't gotten that time with Randy and you out there as well. So what are you expecting from guys like them and, and the other outfielders upon you uh, this season? Um, I think Bobby Z has made the one of the biggest jumps on the defensive side of, uh, of the field that I've ever seen. Um, he's made huge strides defensively, whether it's his angles, like his throwing, his accuracy. His accuracy has always been good, but his feel for the outfield and the situations has gotten extremely, extremely better this year. Um, he looks really good out there. Then Troy obviously can cover so much ground. Um, he did a good job last year in the outfield, um, and I think he'll continue to do that this year. Um, but as our identity as an outfield, is kind of to save runs, whatever that takes, whatever it takes to do that. Um, and I think you'll see Bobby Z and Troy be a huge part of that. And just kind of to, to take you into the clubhouse a little bit more, really good crop of recruits coming in this year. Are there any newcomers that stood out to you from fall ball or early on this spring? Um, I think there's a bit, there's been a lot. I've been surprised with a lot of the, uh, the freshmen because I wasn't really like familiar with them a lot when I came in here. But guys like Jacob or like Sean Lane, like Noam Rotek have really surprised me just the way they came like the way they like to work um and their attitudes towards baseball and just like the way they get after it um has been really cool to see because I definitely wasn't like that my freshman year I definitely needed some like coaching and some mentor some mentors to help me out but they've come in like ready to go um and they look good so that's exciting to see and for yourself any any surprises that you've seen from yourself as an athlete or as a baseball player this offseason or anything that you've kind of grown that you're shocked about with? Um, kind of just like, I would say my patience. I've, I'm not really like a, a patience type of person. I, I don't really have a lot of patience, um, especially when it comes to like results. I, I usually just want to win right away and like that's how it is. Um, but that's something I've kind of had to learn how to do as a leader is to kind of help people out and be kind of patient with that um, and not trying to get on kids for making mistakes. I was in the same position one time too, um, where I was a young guy, not really sure what I was doing and stuff like that. So just kind of being patient with, with, with people, um, not setting the expectations too high when, when it's, when it's not ready to go in the season yet. Um, so I think I've, I've like kind of adopted a new like, patience, I guess I could say. 
and individually, what is your personal goal for, for this year, for year five? And how do you really want to be remembered by Maryland fans when you played your last inning in a Turks jersey? Um, per, like, first thing, now my teammates know this about me. All I care about is winning. Um, so to see us in the regional again would just kind of be the expectation, the standard. Um, my goal for this team and for myself is to get the team to Omaha. Um, and that's that's been my goal since I've stepped on campus here. And that's still my goal now. Um, and that's what I would uh, call success for the end of the season. So um, that's still the goal. That's been my goal the whole time. And that's, and that's still the same way now. Well, Bubba, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Excited to see you out on the field soon. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. We thank Bubba for the time today. Always a pleasure to talk to the captain and the center fielder wearing number three this year for Maryland. Opening day, just two weeks away. Ben, how excited are you? Oh, it's going to be awesome. We talked about the, the non-conference schedule. We hit the ground running at Baylor. It's going to be an awesome season coming up real quick. And Waco, Texas, traveling on the 17th on next Thursday, so 13 days away from now. And then two weeks from today, opening night at 7.30 Eastern at Baylor in Waco, Texas. I can't wait to be there to open up the season on the Maryland Baseball Network. We're in for a, a really good year, I think, and, and I'm excited to be able to share with you, Ben, the rest of our staff and the program as well. Yeah, we got an excellent group of broadcasters, excellent group of writers uh, coming up for this season, and the team should be matching it as well. It's one of the more exciting groups that Rob Bond's put together in our time here in College Park, Matt. Ben, for you, for myself, we thank everybody for joining us here today on the Maryland Baseball Network podcast, and we will see you next time. Hopefully, uh, we'll get these going weekly during the season, but until opening day, we'll see you after that.